Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and you've joined the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast hosted by Her Voice Movement. There are women of every age, and especially these mama bears, that are saying enough is enough because the attack on our kids has gone too far. And there is a grassroots movement uprising in America called Don't Mess With Our Kids, and it's really easy to be involved. And you know what? We need your voice to see America turn back to God. So one way to engage is you're doing it right now. You are listening to this podcast. We'd like you to subscribe and share this episode. Also, mark on your calendar, April 13th, 2024, where we are asking women and their families to stand in their own state capital to pray with us and to even see reformation strategies go forward because we know that we can make a massive difference on a local level. And also the big one coming up in the very near future, and we will put out a date as soon as we have it, is 1 million women and their families praying, fasting, and standing at our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. to see America turn back to God. And that is only the beginning because we believe that we are going into a several-year run of America changing on every level. We know this, Shauna, you and I have talked about it. Lots of us have talked about it. The enemy, if he has his way, he will dismantle this nation by going after the children that eventually crumbles the family. And then we have a nation in big trouble. And so as we've seen these kids um, be sold lies and all the things that are happening in the schools and such, we know that we have to pray we're going to have to fast. Hey, listen, I like food too. Okay. I like food like everybody else, but fasting is so spiritually effective in the battle, but we're also going to stand right? and we're going to stand publicly. We're going to take the truth that we believe that we've laid our lives down for, which is the word of God. And we're going to stand up for what we believe and we're going to do it publicly as well as privately. So we're asking our viewers today and our listeners to take a stand for truth. And the guest we have today is doing just that yes, she in is. a major way. Her name is Kim Zember. So Kim Zember shares her personal testimony of a continued journey of surrendering her same-sex desires to Jesus in pursuit of the greater love she has found in him. That is so beautiful. Through her personal testimony, she helps give others insight into how to love those around them who identify within the LGBTQ community and also gives hope and direction to those who may have same-sex attraction or struggle with their identity. She loves sharing God the Father's heart with everyone and strives to be totally transparent to help others know they are safe to do the same, not only with God, but with one another. She is a part of the leadership of Rainbow Revival, which I absolutely love that. The rainbow is God's. It's always been God's who go out into big cities throughout the U.S. leading freedom marches where worship and testimony go out for all to hear the sound of freedom. This is amazing. amazing. When Kim is not at home in Atlanta, Georgia, she is most likely found serving and playing with her 500 plus children at her home away from home in Ethiopia through her ministry, Unforgotten Faces. This is so awesome. I want to wow. bring on Kim Zember. Kim, Thank you so much for being with us today, especially because right now you are preparing for a freedom march coming up. And I want you to share sometime this broadcast about these freedom marches that you're doing. 
But I just thank you for taking the time today. And I want to say this, happy nine years. Maybe you can share that with everybody here. But today is nine years and she'll share that. But could you start just by sharing your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. So it's so crazy because like most people that I've talked to and that reach out to me, I grew up in the church. Um, I grew up knowing about God. Um, I would say that I had a relationship with him. Um, but honestly, like looking back, it was a lot of fear based, right? A lot of fear of hell. Um, if I don't do the things that he wants me to do, uh, I kind of fall out of relationship with him. You know, he doesn't love me as much. And so I don't know if I could have articulated that then, but I, I sure can see that now. And so, you know, grew up in a super solid family. They genuinely love Jesus. Like, all, that's what I remember, no question. Um, but just because your family loves Jesus doesn't mean that just comes like through osmosis, right? Like he has children, not that's grandchildren. Right. <laughs> and that's so right. in that, like, I don't know, for me, I just realized like, so I have two older brothers um, and I just remember thinking like, I'm kind of one of the boys. And honestly, ladies, if rewind, if I would have grown up actually in the times now, I have a feeling I would have been told like, you were supposed to be a boy, Kim. Like, clearly you like playing sports, you 100%. love all these things, you know? And so I am honestly thankful that I am not growing up in today's like now, um, because back then it was like, okay, so she's a tomboy. She likes things outside. She likes dirt, you know? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I never questioned whether or not I was supposed to be a girl. Never. I just knew I liked hanging out with the boys more. Um, and so, you know, growing up, I just, I think I saw guys more as friends um, saw them as big brothers or, or just brothers in general. Um, and that was fine. I knew that things started to, I was a little different, like going into junior high. Cause I'm like, okay, now everybody, like all my friends that are females, like have crushes on these guys. And they're honestly, I just don't see them that way. I just didn't have the same attraction. I could recognize that they were good looking, they were handsome, but I didn't have the draw that my friends were having. I didn't have a desire to get married. I didn't have a desire to have children. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I did have a draw more towards the women. Um, it was not sexualized at that point in, you know, junior high. Um, and then into high school is when I was like, okay, I don't really trust men. You know, my dad kind of gave me the sex talk when I was growing up. I think the women maybe should maybe lead those, but <laughs> my dad's went something like all men are dogs, um, and they're dogs in heat. And so, oh. yeah. And that's, that's coming from a man who I respect, I honor, and I look up to. And so totally not blaming my dad. Um, but there's some realities as I kind of look back at my upbringing and whatnot. And um, so when I saw guys in high school, I'm like, okay, they're attractive, but I'm just not drawn to them like all my other friends are. And I'm well, and you're more drawn you not to be, right? Out of protection. I mean, out of fear, right? So you can kind of get this thread of like fear-based relationships or fear-based actions. And so, yeah, so I started dating a guy in high school, like my sophomore year, and he kind of proved my dad to be true um, in that statement. So I was like, you know what? I think I'll just stick to not date at all. Now, here's the deal. Um, I knew that homosexuality was a sin. I knew that I had a, a more of a desire or a draw towards women, and I didn't have that draw or desire towards men. But just because you know something doesn't make that desire or feeling go away. And so... I kind of just pushed it down sophomore, junior year. And then my senior year, I'm like, this is too much. Like, doesn't God say it's not good for man to be alone? Like, 
my one of my best friends was pregnant. The rest of my friends are like drinking and doing drugs. I'm like, what is the big deal if I kiss my best friend who's a female? Like, what is that really going to do? Like, and the way I was kind of articulating my relationship with God was kind of like a cop. So if I just stay under the speed limit of everybody else, they'll get pulled over, they'll get in trouble, but I'll be fine. And so I was looking at like this sin based thing of like, well, I'm not pregnant. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not, you know, doing this. If I kiss my best friend, it's mutual. Like what's the problem? And I'm telling you, ladies, if somebody would have stopped me at that moment and been like, Kim, before you do this, before you do this, I just want you to know it's going to change your life. I would have been like, no way, no way. One kiss. Katy Perry came out with a song. I kissed a girl and I liked it. She seems fine. (laughs) You know, uh, not really, but um, I didn't hear the rest of the song. There's a lot more to that. I'll write the second song that'll continue that. But But in that, I made a decision my senior year to act on something that I genuinely knew was wrong. I did not open up to anyone. I didn't say, you know, hey, mom, I'm struggling with this or or anybody at church, because I really felt that if I would have said anything, it would have been like, well, that's sinful. You know, that's not what God has for you. And and kind of like just correct me or like try to fix it. And I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to hear it because I'm like, I already know what they're going to say. They're going to say, don't live this out. Don't make these decisions. But that doesn't, that doesn't kind of fill the void of wanting to have like a partner in life, you know, just not acting on something doesn't fill something. And so, and for me, God wasn't filling that place. I was more kind of afraid of him in a sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I ended up acting on it, um, kissed my best friend and I'm telling you, it changed everything for me, everything. I had now experienced, I had now experienced something that I thought I might enjoy. And I realized I did. And it did not compare to me for when guys had kissed me or anything like that. And in a really weird way, it might sound strange to you guys, but it felt safe. Um, I wasn't going to get pregnant. Um, I didn't feel like I was going to get cheated on. You know, there was just this like, you know how you feel when you have your best friend. Right. Women are, they, they carry safety. We carry nurture, we carry compassion, yes. we carry gentleness, yes. and that mm-hmm. is it's all attractive. available. Yeah, yeah, it's attractive. Mm-hmm. It we is. We speak the same and language. We, we understand things in a similar way. So yeah, yeah, you can see how that would be a pull. And, and, and we see that. I mean, today, I won't get into all that, but you see that. You see so many young people saying, well, you know, I'm a lesbian. I'm like, that's your best friend it's your best friend. It's okay to have a best friend. Like we're created for these relationships. But if we're not talking about it, if we are not talking about it, we're going to make it what we think it needs to be. And that's what I did. And, and I'm not saying like, I did have best friends, but then those girls would date guys. And I'm like, well, where's my partner in life? Who's, who's going to do life with me? And so I had this kind of looming fear that I was going to be alone all my life that, you know, everybody's going to get married and I'm going to be just the girl that has a lot of cats and I don't even like cats. So like, I'm kind of toast either way, you know? And so I, I, what I did was I started living a double life and I'm not like, I'm not a proponent of anything I did. I share this stuff so that hopefully someone who is listening is like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to walk down this same path, you know? And so for me, I, yeah, I would date guys on the forefront so that people would leave me alone and I'll be like, wait, why isn't she dating anyone? Why is she always single? You know, she's really close with this girl. So I kind of put up like a decoy by dating men. And I honestly wanted 
to like them. I'm like, I want this to work. I want to trust him. I want to feel safe. I want to feel everything that I feel with a woman, with a man, but Mm. I couldn't make it happen. And I did pray. I did pray. I was like, God, please. And not just once. I was like, please take this away. I I wasn't sexually abused. I have a great dad. I have a great mom. Like, why, why do I feel this? If, If it's not your way, then why do I naturally feel this? And I, so I get it. I get why people are like, I was born this way, you know, and I felt it since I was a kid. Like since I was a little girl, I remember being more drawn to the women. And so I understand why people say like, I was born this way. Don't change me. I asked God to change me and he never did. And and I'm going to, I can unpack that more. He doesn't, I mean, love is not give and take as the world says, it's actually offering and receiving. And so I, I didn't offer this to him and say, do what you want with my life, Lord. I was like, just make me straight, God, because I know that's what you want. And God mm-hmm. is not looking down at us saying, I, I need you to be straight. He's like, I need you to be mine. I want you to that's be mine. Exactly his right. his yeah, desire is for us. And so, and we can get into more of that um, as well. well I would, yeah. yeah. I want it, I want you to like continue on with the story because I know it doesn't end there, but I'm thinking about something you said a little bit ago where you said, you know, I knew if I would have gone to my parents or somebody maybe that you trusted that was a Christian, they would have said, you know, this, or they would have said, this isn't what God has for you. Or, you know, some of the things that I think a lot of Christians would say. And so yeah. you were sort of saying that wasn't what probably was needed. So what was needed? What would have been the way to talk to you? It almost sounds like it would have been asking some questions because everyone's probably not the same. And it sounds like for you, you had this underlying fear of being alone, you know, so Mm -hmm. drawing that out of someone, but what, what would you have wished someone would have said to you back then if you would have opened up and asked someone for help? I think if I would have been embraced now, and I don't mean embrace everything I'm desiring or feeling just me as a person saying like, wow, I can't, I can't imagine how that must feel like is, you know, and just let me share without it. Yeah. Without it being like, how can I fix you? How can I correct you? You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure scripture says to bear with one another, their burdens, not to fix one another's burdens. And so um, I didn't know that, and maybe they would have been able to, but I, I felt like most people around me, especially in, in my Christian circles, were really ready to help me and fix me, but not just kind of bear things with me and, and maybe cry, like allow me to just cry and, and that be okay, like to feel things, to process through things. And um, so I, I kind of tried to do that myself. And again, it's it's not blaming anyone. This is just these are just ways and things that, that I felt. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just kind of that, I you love know, you feel, you feel like a project. Mm-hmm. It's so different than it's not affirming. Affirming no. is saying, oh yeah, do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I celebrate yeah. that. That's not, uh, that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about someone saying, okay, I, I hear you. I hear I that you're you. going, I see you. And mm-hmm. I, that must be difficult. And tell me more about that and just yeah. not jumping to the fixing. And I exactly. think that's so powerful because it's not that you can't move that direction toward, okay, let's look at what God says or have some of those conversations, but not starting there, not yeah. starting with that. Yeah. And I think also, it's kind of the cart before the horse type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you to keep going with your story, but what I was thinking about when you were talking just a moment ago is I was thinking 
well, this is my story expressed differently. Because when you said you had a great fear of I'm going to be the one that never gets picked, I had that massively. I mean, I was convinced in my own heart and was so embarrassing. I never would tell anybody, but in my heart, I was like, I'm going to be the one left behind. All my friends are going to get married. They're all going to have kids. I'm not going to have anybody that wants me. Mine came from a, uh, a a wound I had as a child, but all that Mm -hmm. to say is, um, you know, I didn't drink at that point. And then finally I was like, all these girls getting drunk or, you know, Mm -hmm. I I've just noticed the boys don't pick the sober girls at the parties. Yeah. So I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not designated driver anymore. I'm going to start drinking with these girls. Well, sure enough. Guess what? When you're drunk, you'll do just about anything, unfortunately. And, um, so then I uh, gave my virginity away and I expressed the same fear in a very similar way. It mm-hmm. was uh, it was sexual relationship outside of marriage. And what I needed was exactly what you needed, was somebody to come along and not talk about the sin, right? but talk about the root of what's pain. going on. Yeah. What's really going on. Right? So, yeah. And compassion yeah. is really what you're, you're, you're hitting. It is. And I mean, look at Jesus. He walked in compassion. He was compassion itself, right? right? He didn't just go right to addressing the sin. Sin needs to be addressed. Okay. But I think a lot of times we put that first or we're leading with let's address the sin. And then we like wrap it in love instead of let's let love. Yeah. Let's let love lead us. And it's always, love is always going to lead to truth. If it's true love, God is love and God is truth. You, th- those aren't separated, right? But I think a lot of things we don't lead in love. And so for me, it was like, I felt like I was saying, I felt more of like a project than a person. Oh, wow. And so, I, yeah, I think you had maybe mentioned it. It's like just being seen and heard. Well, yeah, but so I'm just supposed to see and hear everything. Well, how about we just start there? Like, can we be good listeners with one another, right? And this, this is to go both ways. This is because we're all human beings. Right. Sure. So we all have this, whatever the struggle might be. So, Perfect. yeah. So good. Okay. Yeah. Continue with your story mm-hmm. because okay. I am so curious how this plays yeah. out. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah, just ended up living a double life. I, this went on for years um, and I was doing what I desired to do, but actually wrestled with, I want you to know that I was never like, this is totally who I'm supposed to be. Yes. It felt natural. Yes, it felt like I didn't manufacture these feelings, but I never had peace. I never had peace. And it wasn't just because I was cheating on boyfriends or lying to everybody. Like I wasn't okay with that either, but I wasn't willing to openly live in a way that I knew was not right. And so I just was doing it behind the scenes. And I don't think I'm that much different than most people who are doing things that they know are not right. Correct. (laughs) You know, I I will say this, and because I think it ties into today as well is I did hire a counselor at 18 years old. Um, I was selling real estate in San Diego. So I'm like, okay, I got money. I'm going to go pay someone to walk with me. Like, you know what I mean? Like not just fix me, but like, just hear me, you know? And so I was paying someone hourly and it turned out that um, I would say he would be more classified now as gay affirming. And he was a Christian counselor. And this was like 15 years ago, right? And so I'm like, wait a minute, dude, like I came to you as a Christian because doesn't it say in the scriptures, 
oh, well, you don't understand the scriptures. That was so long ago. I'm like, but it also says he was, is, and always will be. Like, I thought this was an unchanging God. Don't mess God right. up now in my own head. Like, I'm confused about sexuality. Now Whoa. you're making me confused about God's own nature Whoa. and character. This has gone too far. And, you know, I'm like, it just seems a little too convenient, doctor, that the desire that I have is the one thing that is like off in scripture that I don't can't understand. I'm like, that sounds way too convenient. I'll try it. Like, but I just knew, and I believe that was grace. I believe that was grace at work in my life that I would not accept what was not true as truth. Cause there is truth. So this is not a relative thing of it's true for you. It's true. No, there's truth in the world. That's right. And so for me, as this doctor was trying to tell me what was true, inside I was like that is not true like I just knew by God's grace um but I wanted it to be true I'll tell you that I wanted that to be true I wanted to just have it be like where if it was terms with it yeah you're yeah, trying to find some peace for sure and I just couldn't and so long long story I wrote a book actually so there's a book that goes through all the details of for anybody Perfect. who's and that's of, on know, your is that on your website overcome yeah, Overcome, M-I-N.com. Okay, mm -hmm. let's put that up. We're yeah. going to put that up on the screen. Overcome, yeah. and it's a ministry, OvercomeMin.com. That's where they can get to your book and all mm -hmm. your stuff, right? And follow yeah. you. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so take us through the story. Yeah, so um, I ended up when I was 23 years old. I'm like, God, I don't know what this is all about, but like, I need to find out why you put me on this earth. Because um, I was selling a bunch of real estate, making tons of money, dating a really attractive, well-known men but not feeling it. And so I'm like, well, what is going on? Who am I? So I moved to Ethiopia. <laughs> I won't go through all the details, but yeah, moved to Ethiopia, sold my house, sold my Escalade, sold everything I own. And I started taking care of- So um, Kim, can I ask a clarifying question real quick? <laughs> sure. So during this time, were you just having these desires that dating men or were you dating men and women at the same time? Good question. Um, dating men. And so I was, when I moved to Ethiopia, I was dating a guy who was a Christian and he actually was what encouraged me to like, what's going on in my own heart. Cause I told him I was cheating on him with a woman. Like there was something okay. about this guy that was different that I was like, I can't hurt him. Like this is the other guys. I felt like they were probably cheating too. So it was like, whatever, you know, not that that's okay. But this guy, there was a purity to him. And I'm like, I don't want to hurt him, but I don't know what to do. And so I ended up being honest with him, telling him what I was struggling with. And he's like, do you think you're gay? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. And that was a crazy thing too. I never could accept that I was gay. Like it, and that might sound like denial. And yes, I was living in a lot of different denial, but, but this was different. This was grace. And I'll explain that later. So, um, ended up going to Ethiopia. And when I was in Ethiopia, doing this work, I was like, my goodness, I started my own nonprofit, no clue what I was doing. My heart was moved in a way like never before. Cause all the stuff that I owned is what just defined me. But when I got there, I was like, wait a minute, none of this matters. Like I want to sell it all. These kids need to go to school. They need food. Like, and so I ended up starting a nonprofit. It's been going for 17 years now. Um, but when I was over there, I wasn't drawn to women, but I'm like, it's not gone. It's in there somewhere still my just greater desire is for these kids but what about mm. if that ever stops that other lesser desire is gonna probably still be there and so long story short i ended up marrying that guy um and because i was honest with him i stopped dating the girl i stopped seeing that woman 
Um, I was in Ethiopia. He would said he would live that life with me. We could live in Ethiopia, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, God, if I'm not going to be with women and I'm not going to be single my whole life, then this is the guy. Like he's willing to basically do this with me. Um, and so it, not a good way to enter marriage, not at all. Um, it is I, I'm not a proponent of, well, I'm afraid of being alone, so I might as well get married. That is not what God designed marriage for. Um, and there was a lot of inner things that were not healed in my own heart and, and probably even still now. Um, but I did get married. And the night before I got married, I got on my knees and I was like, Lord, I promise you, I will never cheat on this man with a woman. That is the strangest pre-wedding prayer, maybe that God's ever heard. And it was, it was because, but, but I want you to hear something. I want people to hear that you could just judge that real quick and be like, why would you get married? My desire was to not do, to not act on the desires I had within these feelings, but hear, hear my words. I will not, I promise you, God, I will not. So this is self-reliance. This is right. This is, this is, this is on me. Uh, God, I know it's on me. I won't do it. I promise you, I won't Mm. do it. It's like a little kid, you know? And, um, I'll tell you, uh, I was married for about a year and I cheated on it with a woman. And I do not take that lightly. I crushed his heart. I crushed my own heart in many ways and almost everyone around me. And I said, I can't do this anymore. You know, um, I asked him for a divorce. He said, could we please work on it? I said, I, I, I should have never gotten married in the first place. I love you. And, and love looks like releasing you. Now I'm not saying that scripture, like I'm not trying to preach here. I'm just trying to I was trying to rewind on what I did. It says, for what God has brought together, let no man separate. Fear yeah. brought me to him. Fear. He was a great man, mm-hmm. but the fear of being alone is what brought me to him. And that's not what, that's not a beautiful foundation for, for any relationship. And so um, we ended up going through a divorce and I went back to the counselor and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. Same counselor. I don't know why I went back to him, but I'm like, well, he came highly suggested. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm different now, you know, and um, really what it came down to is it seemed like I, if I would have just stopped cheating and lying, then everything now I'd feel peace. He's like, you just need to embrace who you are and God and who God made you. And that's at least what I took from it. And so I'm like, I don't believe that actually, but I haven't tried that yet. So here we go. And so I came out, I came out, I'm like, here it is. Now I'm going to live in this peace and freedom that I've wanted. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to cheat. And I'm just going to be real, Um, just super authentic. And I will tell you, dating women openly, never going to pride festivals or things. I wasn't proud of it. I'll put it that way. I really wasn't. I was just being real with it. Um, but I didn't celebrate it. I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to just stop lying. I'm attracted to women and not men. And this is my girlfriend, you know, and I, I mm-hmm. all I was seeking is for this void in my heart to be filled and to have peace. And I'm telling you ladies, no peace, no peace. I thought there, for, there were moments. The, the, did even yeah. the darkness intensify a bit when you, when you agreed with it fully? Cause if the power of agreement spiritually is so. It's huge. Yeah. Powerful. Um, it, it was different. There was a sense, and I, I want to speak to this because I think a lot of people have experienced this. Um, when you come out, quote unquote, there is a sense of freedom. There is a sense of, 
whoa, I even Confession. would say, yes, I would even say that I encountered God in a real way, but that didn't mean that he celebrated what I was doing in the sense of, I think he celebrated great. My daughter's not holding this in and pretending <laughs> great. Yeah, my daughter's yeah. being vulnerable. She's being authentic. She's being honest. She's confessing, but that doesn't mean now we embrace this of who I am. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, um, I, well, he I, was I, like, he was like the person that we talked about earlier. Yeah. He actually said, okay, I see you. It wasn't affirming. He wasn't affirming. Correct. He wasn't saying it was okay, but he says, I see you. And I'm actually glad you're being honest. Yes, absolutely. So. He does not want these things, whatever they be to be hidden inside. He wants it brought out. And it's like, but I think what we do now is we bring it in the light. We feel a sense of that freedom and we're like, this is life. No, this is actually where now I get to lay it down. But, it, but, but it's in exchange for a greater love. And that's what I didn't yet experience. So I went on for years dating women openly. And I remember once one of my best friends is like, I, I introduced her to my girlfriend and she's like, I am so glad you finally came out as gay. And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm not gay. And my girlfriend's like, um, whoa. And I'm like, oh no, like, yeah, we're dating. And she's like, what do you mean then you're not gay? And I'm like, well, I'm not gay. I mean, like, yeah, I'm dating you and you're a woman, but that's not who I am. And they just looked at me and I didn't even have full language. And my friend's like, oh yeah, you don't want like the negative connotation. I'm like, no, I don't see it. No, no. I was like, when I moved to Ethiopia and I came home and everybody called me a missionary, I was like, no, I'm not a missionary. And they're like, well, you're Kim, right? You have the mission in Ethiopia. I'm like, yes. Like, then you're a missionary. I'm like, no, it's what I do, right? And so there was this resounding thing, whether it was a good godly title or a not so good, not so Christian title, there was something within me, which I believe it was grace that was saying, it's not who you are. You Come are on. greater than that. It's not who you are. Yes, it's what you're doing. Yes, it's maybe even what you've embraced, but it's not who you are. And so I am so thankful that even though I was dating women openly, I wasn't hiding. I had a, a monogamous female relationship for years. It was not my defining of who my, I was, who my identity, you know, the, my very being was. I very much was being honest with those were my desires. And I will tell you, after years of being in relationship with women, I'm like, okay, I still have no peace. And let's be real, y'all. You cannot have peace apart from the Prince of Peace. He is the prince of peace. And if I am choosing to separate myself from his ways, then I'm going to choose to separate from what he is, his peace that he is. And so I just said, you know what, I am done. And there was a lot that led up to that, but it was October 17th, nine years ago, um, that I said, I am done. I said, Jesus, I threw my hands up. My friend was in the car with me, threw my hands up. It was not a scripted prayer. Um, but it was right from the every beat of my little heart. And I said, God, I am done playing God. I am done being Lord over my own life, thinking that I can just do whatever and it doesn't hurt me and it doesn't hurt anyone else. I said, I have hurt so many people. I can't even count. I've hurt myself. I don't recognize myself. And I need to know that you are better at being God than I am. So show me, please, right now show me. I said, and you've got to act quickly because I have lived in my flesh since I can remember. So you need to show me that you're better at being God and your ways are better. 
or I probably will go back. And I'm telling you, ladies, that night, Jesus encountered me in a way. I literally mark October 17th as my birthday. I'm thankful that December 22nd, I was brought into this world. I'm thankful I was Mm -hmm. baptized. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. There's so many dates that the Lord has, has every day of my life. But October 17th, there was this free will surrender and asking Mm -hmm. him to be Lord. And I'm telling you, every single day since then, he has shown himself faithful. He has shown himself true. He has shown himself as the lover of my soul. He's shown me as himself as the one who I've been longing for, even on the days that I'm not faithful, even on the days that I'm not that great. He has showed his greatness. And I'm telling you, I'm not dating women today, not because of fear of hell. Hell is real. Absolutely. Anybody who says it's not, they might experience it. So I pray not, but in that hell is very real. Um, But it's not a fear of hell or a fear of punishment that is keeping me out of relationship with women. It is a greater love. I have literally experienced and encountered, the scripture says, taste and see that I am good. It doesn't just say here, taste and see that I am good. And I have experienced his goodness, not just on October 17th, but literally every day. And I have not made the best decisions since then. In the last nine years, I have not been perfect. I have, but I will say I am growing in love. First John 4, 18, for perfect love casts out fear. And the man who still fears is not yet perfected in love. I am not yet perfected in love, but daily, every day that I wake up, I'm like, Lord, I am yours and I am happy to be yours. I don't know what your plans are for me, but I don't care because I have realized his very nature is good. So whatever he says about premarital sex or about male and female, and he says about women and not being with other women, I'm like, you yourself are good. So whatever comes forth from you, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you learn the heart of God, those words that come forth, you now know they are good because he himself is good. He doesn't just have goodness. And so I'm not with women today. And and I do believe by God's grace, I will not ever, my desires are beginning to change. I am not married to a man. I'm not dating. I'm open to it if that's what the Lord has, but I'm not even seeking another lover. I'm not seeking a husband. I literally like, yes, you're filled that hole. Yeah. That hole. I can, I can identify so much with what you're saying because it was the love of God that rooted me up out of the mud hole. It was an encounter by God and it was a moment that didn't stop. Like yours, it's so similar. You said something that I really want to pinpoint right now. In that moment, you gave over your free will and that's the moment you were free. Absolutely. The The kingdom of heaven is this upside down heaven. It says the last will be first. Right. There's all these principles that don't make sense to the world, but your free will, when you gave it away, was the moment you got free. I really want people to hear that. And I think that everybody that has ever had an encounter and they've really gotten free, right now they're saying, Yep, that's it. That's what happened to me. I gave over my, my, I'm going to be God and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to stop treating God like a magic wand. Yes. He'll just splash some goodness on me. Hopefully he'll fix my pain. No, this is handing our entire life over to the king who has a far better plan, who loves us despite us. And he went to a cross. He went to a cross and 
had his flesh torn. I mean, I've never had anybody die for me. I've never had anybody say, I'm going to go die for you, Jenny, only Jesus. So this love became so real to you when you finally let go, when you finally let go. At the end of this broadcast, I'm going to ask you, we're going to ask you if you will pray, not quite yet, because I have another question for you. You might have a yeah. question, too, Donna. Um, but I, I do want you to pray for people to let go. They might not have a story of same sex. Maybe they do. Maybe they have an attraction. Hold on to something. Come on. And you know what? This 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 whole thing where you get to give your life over, it is so worth it. And you are just reminding me and all these people today again how incredible our God is and why He's so worth serving 24 hours. And I say serving, not like a slave. I say yeah. like a daughter, right? Like a daughter that's like, I just want to be with him. He's so great. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, it's a okay. joy. It is an absolute joy. And there are struggles. Let's not, it, it's not all rainbows and lollipops. There's struggles, but Come on. he's worth it. He's worth it. That's right. That's where I, I don't care what I face. You're worth it, God. When you fall yeah. in love, you do crazy stuff. That's right. That's right. And we know that these mothers with Don't Mess With Our Kids, you know, mothers, mm -hmm. um, you know, men will go to war. They will die for each other. Women mainly fight with each other, not for each other. Mm -hmm. yeah, sadly, but, yeah. sadly, but if I line up a hundred women and I say, will you die for your child? I don't, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to a person of faith, a person without faith, a person with whatever across the board, women will die for their kids because of the love. And what we have to understand is the Bible says that God is e uh, that God are as, as a parent, I am evil in comparison to mm -hmm. God's love as a parent. And so that's what I love when I read in your bio that you love sharing God, the father's heart with everyone. And that's yeah. what I'm sensing from you today. The ministry coming from you is strong. I can feel it so strongly. So the part about don't mess with our kids that we are really understanding and going for and urging believers, especially is that we are going to pray and we're going to fast, but we must stand and we must take our public confession or our, our private confession has to go public if we're ever going to truly make a difference in dark places. We can't just mm -hmm. take the light, hide it under a bowl. That's what the word says. We have to take the truth, which is in us. Truth himself is in us if we've given our life to Christ. Mm -hmm. And then we are the light that are to step into dark places. You are doing these freedom marches maybe give us an example of these freedom marches or what did you start doing? Because you, you came out quote unquote as mm -hmm. okay. I like girls, but there was a moment in time where you started saying, hold on a minute, I'm going to go public. I'm going to come out with the truth. So yeah. what did that look like for you? Tell us about these freedom marches. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to, I'll be honest. Once like, I was like, Lord, I'll share about you. I'll share about your goodness, but let's keep the whole sexuality thing. Like, I don't want ever anyone to feel like they're hated or judged. I'm like, I don't want to do that. And it was in a, it was in a women's prison. Actually, I was doing some ministry and just, just praying with women and felt the Lord speak to me. He's like, someone needs to share about sexuality. I'm like, ah, not me, <laughs> you know, long story short. Um, the woman who ran the ministry was like, the Lord was speaking to me. And he said, you have a testimony to share. And I had never shared before. Um, and I was like, you shouldn't know that. And she's like, well, would you be open? If, if it's true, would you be open? And I did. And, and I saw the women's response. Now keep in mind in a women's prison, about 95% of them are, are active in a homosexual relationship, whether they came in 
that way or not, they are usually 95%. And so um, not really the crowd in prison you want to be sharing with, you know, about sexuality. And when I shared my, my story and my journey, they were weeping. They were weeping. I had women coming up to me saying, you've told my story. You've told my story. I knew I wasn't supposed to marry this woman. I knew we were meant to be friends. I knew we were meant to have a real bond like Jonathan and David, but I, I, I let it be sexualized. And so, I mean, just these confessions coming forth and I was weeping with them. I'm like, Lord, wherever, however, I want to be bold for you. You give me the strength. You open doors. I don't want to knock, but anywhere and everywhere, I will share of your goodness until the day you take me home. If I get shot, if I get put in prison, or if I just, you know, just don't wake up one morning, I want my last breaths to be glorifying you and just so thankful. And so it's really what I do full time now. It's crazy. I stopped selling real estate. I'm like, people are like, you do it for the money. I was like, have you ever checked real estate prices in San Diego? I promise I'm not doing it for the money. And all the money I make goes to the kids in Ethiopia. So <laughs> not really much to come back with there. So um, I started um, actually with a group called Rainbow Revival. And so people with similar heartbeats for Jesus saying he has done done and is doing. We need to remember that he's done a great work and he's continuing to do a great work. Mm-hmm. It's not a one and done. It's a relationship and, and it's growing and it's being sanctified day by day in his love. And so we go out and we publicly, just like everybody, right? We've got all these different people marching and doing all these. So we lead freedom marches. Um, publicly, we will do one a year. And um, we go out into, we run out, we're a nonprofit. We run out the largest space we can that is open to the public. So we try to do like open air. Um, We do worship. We have usually about 10 to 12 testimonies, just kind of rapid fire testimonies, five to seven minutes. Boom, boom, boom. I once was this, now I'm this. And, And this is not conversion therapy. This is not someone's making us change. This is a laid down life right? This is, I did everything I wanted to do and I called it freedom and I wasn't satisfied and I wasn't happy. And I came to God and he's given me life and he's given it to me abundantly. And that is something to share. That is something, something to share. It is, it says in scripture that testimony is prophecy into someone else's life. So as we testify publicly, we are saying, Hey, here is the goodness of God. Here's what he's done. Here's what he's doing in my life. And if that resonates, come meet the one who loves you and wants to love you into wholeness, not just to change you. He wants to love you into wholeness. And then we uh, take to the streets and we march and uh, we just, we don't, you know, yell and scream and no more this or Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. We don't do anything like that. We're, we are lifting the name of Jesus high. We are pleading the blood of Jesus over the cities, over the streets we walk through, over the people, over um, just every bit of the city that we get to go to. And it's just incredible, such an honor to find a tribe too that has Mm -hmm. this. Cause I was like, okay, Lord, I might be alone in this. And then boom, he brought me um, this Mm -hmm. group and you know, Rainbow Revival. And so I'm a board member um, of Rainbow Revival and we lead these freedom marches. I think our next one in 2024 will most likely be in uh, Chicago. Wow. That's incredible. Kim, this has been so amazing. And I, I, I know we're running out of time, but I really want you to just kind of close by praying. There are, I, I yeah. believe that there are people watching this broadcast that actually relate with your story. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the story before you, where you are now, but where you were before. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot of people listening that people are going to share this with. And so just as the Lord leads, just praying over that group and then anything else that you feel led to pray would be amazing. Amen. Yeah. So Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a good father, that you are not a cop in the sky that's just keeping record of all our wrongs, God, but you are actually God made flesh, Jesus Christ, who came down from heaven and hung on the cross and died for each one of us while we were still sinners. Not when we cleaned ourselves up, not when we got holy enough to be in your presence. You actually are the one that makes us holy when we just come to you, when we let you embrace us, when we when we admit that we are not good at being God. And so right now, I just lift up all those hearts out there. Anyone, every single person is so important to you, God. Not one is overlooked, not one struggle, not one desire that the person doesn't know what to do with. It is not unseen by you, God. And so I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would show them that you you see them, God. Bring people into their lives that that are safe to open up and safe to share with. They were never meant to do it alone, God. It is not good that man be alone. And so, God, I pray that you would bring them safe people that will lead them into your arms, Jesus, for you are the only one who can save God. You are the only one, Jesus, who can save us. And it's your love that will fill the very voids of our heart that we're longing for and that we try to fill in so many different ways. And so I lift up those who are struggling right now in whatever way, every struggle is important to you, Jesus. And you wanna bear a burden. You wanna bear, you've already taken it upon yourself on Calvary Hill, God. And so I just pray that people would come to you, that they would meet you, that you would refather them, God. Refather them, show them, God, you reveal so that you can heal. Show, show those wounds from childhood, Lord, the way that our mothers and fathers just didn't maybe know how to love us or couldn't. They couldn't give what they didn't have. And so I just pray that you would refather us, God. Tend to our hearts in the only, only way you can, God. And I pray that your love, your love would cast out all fear any fear of you, God, or, or fear of man, that we would come before you. We were made by love and for love, and you are the only one that can love us into wholeness, Jesus. And so I pray for an openness right now, an openness of mind and heart to come back to Jesus, to let him love you into wholeness, and that he would bring people around you that will walk with you, that you do not walk alone. This is not isolating that you do not walk alone. So I pray, Jesus, for opening a community and people and tribes that will walk with one another. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I know, I know that you are setting captives free. It's what you do. It's who you are, Jesus. So those who are caught in bondage, we just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would set them free and give them life and life abundantly when they hand their life to you, Jesus. I pray that it would be real. And that this relationship with you, Jesus, will be the number one relationship in their life over every husband, over every wife, over every child. Number one, their first love, you, Jesus, the bridegroom who is coming back for a bride, a pure and spotless bride. So purify us, Lord, in your love for your glory in this earth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Freedom looks superb on you. It looks <laughs> so you. good on you. 
And I want everybody to really grasp what they're feeling right now is God's ability to work freely through somebody who is free. And that's available to every single one of us. And you said it in your bio. It's about surrender, the journey of surrender. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is yes. awesome. We cannot wait to hear more about what happens in Chicago and these other cities. So keep doing what you're doing, girl. And we'd love to have you back on really soon. Thank you so Amen. much for being with us. Thanks, Kim. Yeah. This has been so incredible. So here's what I'm thinking about, Shauna. I'm thinking about, I've been in rooms, you know, for the last several years in large rooms of people. And when we've said, do you know somebody in your life who is struggling with a same-sex attraction that we can pray for right now and we corporately pray for them? 95% of the room stands up. Sure. So what I'm thinking about right now is how many people I was thinking, who am I going to send this podcast to this episode? Mm -hmm. This episode needs to be shared with anybody, you know, who maybe has a son or a daughter and they just feel like there's no hope. They're all in. They already have the boyfriend. They already have the girlfriend. You just heard Kim's story. You just heard that she could not come to terms. Even when she tried to, she couldn't come yeah. to terms. You know why? Because the spirit of the living God was in there shielding and protecting her from that agreement. And I'll tell you what, testimonies like this can uproot the enemy faster than you can ever imagine. Do not hold this episode to yourself. Send this to everybody that the Lord lays on your heart right now. Let's steward our influence wisely and let's send this episode. You can even put it on social media and I'm willing to bet somebody will capture it from your social media. Maybe people that will never ever know this exists until you tell them and they're going to get set free. And that is ministry. A lot of people want to be a ministry. Guess what? You share <laughs> what has impacted somebody or yourself. And so we're asking you to do that. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we can't wait to see you next episode.